I was just listening to the sounds in my mouth. <laughs> now we're recording, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good album title, The Sounds <laughs> of My Mouth. <laughs> and it's li- it's literally just a whole like album of samples of like like old man sounds. Bruce, good morning. Hey, man. Hey, it is morning. very, yes, morning, very early. It is dark outside. Yeah. We have not had time to do this, so we are doing it early, early in the morning. Normally, we do it after work. Wouldn't want to disappoint anybody. No. So today, we are going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, slides. Presenting and slides. Slides. Actually, Chris, you said this earlier, which is it's more, we're going to talk more about the accidental alienation of the people you're presenting to. Yeah. And I think that's the much better way to put it to make people interested because PowerPoint is not necessarily exciting. How to alienate clients and lose all your colleagues. The opposite of what Dale Carnegie might have said. So do you want to take us away? Yeah. So we have been having uh, internal training where we had a coach come in and Basically, he was a presentation coach, if you want to give it a very small title, but he helped us all around in how we present ourselves and how we present the material we work on as a consultancy. And I think as a consultancy, we might underestimate the amount of work that should go in a presentation because we very often talk to a client and we go home, do a lot of work, talk here and there, and then we come back when the decision makers are in the room and when they've reserved time. And then we have half an hour, an hour, sometimes more if we're lucky, to convince these people that what we did for them is something that will help or that is something that they were asking for in the beginning. And as you know, design consultancies tend to be a little bit like, okay, I know what you're asking for, but we gave you something else. Now let me convince you of that. There are a few different ways that design consultancies appear to approach presentations. And nearly all of them make you wait through 30 or 45 minutes of here's why we did this, here's what we heard, and now here's what you get. What was funny with this, with the presentation coach, is he was saying, you've already put me to sleep. And we had to defend. We had to say, but but, but, but we need to build up an objective argument. And he understood that. He got that. But it was more the idea that you're already just going through all this inconsequential material that you think is important as a designer. And the thing that he kept coming back to is it's not about you. It's about the company. What are you doing for the company, for the team, for the organization? And right there, that word we meaning the consultancy, is where we found a lot of things could go wrong. Actually, the bigger pitfall before that is that we always start off with, welcome, we are here to do this, which everybody knows from the meeting invite or however they arranged everybody to be in one room. And then we are, and that's where you throw up your first wall. So just a slide with the pictures of yourselves. Think about doing that next time because actually everybody wants to know Think about not, not doing that next time. Yes. No, you don't need to put pictures. I mean, a lot of times we will put who the team is. We will put, and we've learned this from previous design consultancies. And the feedback was, why, why do I need to know? You're standing in front of me. I don't need a slide to tell you who's standing, or to tell me who's standing there. Even sitcom series in the 80s did not start with the cast list smiling. They first showed what it was about, why you were watching that series, why it was funny. And then you saw the whole cast list pass by. I'm giving this example because he said your presentation should be like a movie trailer and not like the book. 
When we first start out a lot of our presentations, even the first five minutes, as you just said, will be why we're here, what we're going to talk about, who we are. It's everything that's about us. And the first five minutes is nothing about the people in the room. And this comes from this idea that as a consultant, you are always selling yourself. But instead of selling yourself by presenting a way that you're going to help the company, you're trying to position yourself as a poster that you're bringing in and placing on the wall. This was a quite nice, and Chus, you mentioned earlier the Simon Sinek start with why yep. aspect. And so many times, we always start with what, what we're going to show, what we heard, what we're going to do. And then finally, it comes to here is the product. Again, what is the end result? Here's what it is. But so many times it doesn't actually cover why. And it very, very rarely starts with why. I think there's even a piece in between, between the what and the why. There's the frameworks and tools and ways of viewing that we've created to rationalize everything that we're going to present you later. And then you get to the later where you're presenting your concept and you're referring back to this framework. But all of these things are artificial. And in our heads, this framework is the why. But is that framework the why in the ears of your watchers, in the ears of your clients? Do they immediately get the why? This is harder than it, than it appears. I was working on a pitch this morning, and the first thing that I wanted to come back to was what we heard, right? That was what we've been trained to do so much, what we heard from you, not why it's important, not even what we're going to do for the company, just repeating back. And there are nice things about that because you are giving confirmation to your own understanding that you are saying, I have listened, I have understood, and this is what I've understood because I want to make sure we're both on the same page. But as opposed to saying, this is what we heard, there can be a royal we, the people in the room. This is what we as a collective group want to accomplish. This is why we want to accomplish this, right? Aren't, and, and some of the things that we discussed were, you know, starting out with, aren't, you know, it, can we all agree on this? Can we all uh, agree on this premise or this idea so that you're bringing the people in the room with you? Yeah, even, even the three words, what we heard, there's, there's already a wall being thrown up right when you say that. You're losing people right at that moment because you're saying, you told us, or we listened to you and we're very good people. And it becomes almost, uh, almost a neuro-linguistic programming exercise where you're like, okay, how do I say the same information? Because what I want to say is we listened, but I don't want to say we. How do you do this? And you can say in initial discussions, the thing that came up most is you're, you're kind of referring to the same time in the project and what you were doing without saying what we heard and what you said. To give a concrete example, how he started out the day, the first day that we did this was, wouldn't you agree that we all have bad days? And of course, it's, it's a loaded question. You're going to say yes, but he wants to get everybody collected on the same page. He's not going to say, what I heard is sometimes you give bad presentations. Wouldn't you agree we all have bad days? Wouldn't you agree on these days, it can affect how you come across or how you present yourself. Therefore, you need tools that enable you to not be affected by your emotions that you can fall back on these tools. This is what we are going to focus on. And all of a sudden you're like, 
Well, yes, that's exactly, I would love that. But he didn't start out by saying, what I've heard is you've brought me in because you're not good at presenting sometimes. What we are going to do is look over these five tools. The first tool, the second tool, the third tool, right? And, and it was such a more convincing way. Even within the first five minutes, you're like, yes, I want I, that thing I want. I've also come up with this framework to put all of my tools nicely in order so you can understand why they're very important. And this framework is what I'm going to be talking about for the next 20 minutes until I tell you how this can work for you. It's what happens during presentations. We want frameworks to rationalize our own work, and then we present the framework back, which not what was asked for, most probably in the beginning of a project. N not only that, many times within design presentations or presentations as a whole, we divorce the abstract from the concrete. So at the beginning, what we heard, who we are, here's a set of principles we came up for. These principles are things like transparent and trust. And now let's look at the UI. And you've completely divorced and you're like, well, sorry, let me back up and finish that sentence. You have completely divorced these abstract concepts of transparency from what that actually means in the UI. And realistically, all you've done is said, we think there are a set, we, again, we hmm. think there are a set of abstract principles to apply. We think that this is a great UI. At no point there have we said, for your customers, in order to better serve your customers, in order to get more customers, this is what needs to happen. It is a simple reframing, it is a simple refocus of how you are presenting or how you are sharing, but it was such a powerful tool to, to utilize. And I think you can even go one step beyond in, in your phrasing while still saying the same thing, which comes down to what are your customers doing and how will the product that we're talking about support those customers and what they were, uh, will be doing so they want to download it more or buy more or whatever. The most powerful thing I walked away with, because I, I got yelled at for okay. this several times, was it is not about you. Because I kept coming back and saying, well, I think, slamming his hand on the table, it's not about you. I don't care what you think. I want to know how to do better for my customers for the people I am serving as a company. I don't care what you think. Just tell me, as an expert, what I need to do. And it's that, it's that softer word, right? The, we went over these. I believe. Um, you know, I had these written down. I can't remember them now, but the, one was I believe. The cerebral words? Um, they, weren't, they weren't cerebral. Ah, cerebral. cerebral. They were more wishy-washy uh -huh. words where you were giving yourself space to be subjective as opposed to saying as an expert and as understanding the customer base that we need to look at here is how we can accomplish keeping customers getting new customers whatever that goal may be but the point is we are working together to serve your company it is not about me it is not about my company it is about you so a good trick that i heard from the coach yesterday is that if you're one of the lucky designers that speaks more languages and you're presenting in a different language than your first. Try and make your point first in your own language in your head. It will remove all of the jargon words, all of the buzzwords, and it will probably make you laugh at the way you would normally construct a sentence when you're doing it in your second language. Yeah. So to your point of, of making your point clearly, uh, weasel words, not wishy-washy. So these were things like think, wish, 
hope, try, might. We might do this. We will try this. You do it or you don't do it. Classic Yoda, right? <laughs> I um, believe was also in one of those hope, I hope. You don't hope, right? You're, you're going to accomplish it or you're not going to accomplish it. You don't hope you accomplish something. So there was a level of concreteness that a lot of times we step back from in the way that we speak. We're aiming to accomplish this by then and then. And what we need for that, that is this. And what it will give us is that or even in a different order. So, Chus, if we're going to wrap this up, and we had to give one or two things for people to take away from this, because I, sometimes this may not always be the most interesting of topics, but every designer everywhere needs to present, and there is always that complaint that maybe people aren't recognizing the value of design, people aren't you know, connecting with des designers, not design, mm -hmm. designers as well, I think these are some of the reasons that we've just gone over. I think, there. <laughs> oh. These are, oh, that caught myself. These are some of the reasons why designers aren't connecting. So, I have one trick. Okay. okay. One trick. If you happen to have a pitch deck or a presentation deck in front of you, and you see that the latter part of the deck is the outcome of your work, try and presenting it backwards while forcing yourself to still tell a good story. And if you figure out that that story was better than the one you had while you were building your original story, maybe you should swap some slides. Holy crap. I love you. You didn't. Did you get that out of yesterday as well? Yep. Okay. I didn't, I didn't hear that one. That's great. <laughs> uh, I would say the one takeaway for me is it's not about you, or in this case, it's not about me. This is one of those, is it on your right or your left, depending on which way you're facing. But if you constantly have that in your head, it's not about you, and you think the first five minutes is all about what's in it for the person you are presenting to, and why are you doing this? Then even if they fall asleep after five minutes, you still got your point across. Yes. So, Chris, it's, uh, the sun's coming up. I think it's time to head to work. Yeah, I'm going to go back into my coffee. <laughs> We're going to go do some presentations and try not to fail. <laughs> Bye, man. Okay, later, man. Bye.